In the name of Jesus. Tonight we look through the betraying eyes of Judas. Judas, a name forever associated with betrayal and treachery. He was, after all, the one who handed over the innocent Jesus to sinful men who sought his death. St. Mark writes this, Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. Now, Mark's mention that Judas was one of the twelve highlights the deeply personal nature of his treachery and the brazenness of his betrayal. Judas had been chosen out of countless Jewish men to be one of the twelve apostles, a select group who had the privilege of being in the inner circle of God's Son for three years, three whole years. Think of the friendships that you made during high school or college in just three or four years. And so Judas knew firsthand the love and mercy of Jesus. He had witnessed with his own eyes the powerful miracles. He had heard with his own ears the Beatitudes, the parable of the rich fool, the the warnings about greed. All of this drummed into his ears. And Judas, don't forget had even gone out and preached in Jesus' name. Judas had also heard the warnings about those who preached in the Lord's name, but are shocked on Judgment Day to find out that their faithlessness has landed them in hell. Nevertheless, Judas's faith was not in Jesus, but in the earthly things of this life. Judas was a god unto himself, a naval gazer who would make his own plans on his own terms. His God was also mammon, money. It is amazing, is it not, what sinners will do to justify themselves and pursue their own plans? And so what have you done? That's the question to ask yourself this Lenten season. What will you do? How far will you go? Judas, well, he kept going farther. He sought out the chief priests with an offer to hand Jesus over to them. And we are told, quote, when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. Judas continued from there down this very dark, premeditated path, further planning his betrayal of Jesus. He even chose a dark, isolated garden in the evening away from crowds and onlookers. With his plan in place, he first had to wait for the preparation of the Passover meal and the meal itself. And it was there at dinner that Jesus drops this bomb on the twelve apostles. Quote, As they were reclining at the table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. Try to picture with your own eyes, if you can, what the 26 eyes at that table were doing. Jesus seems to be calmly looking around, knowing by his divine omniscience exactly who it is, but not giving anything away. Mark says then that, quote, they began to be sorrowful and to say to Jesus one after another, is it I? You can picture them looking around the room with suspicion, wondering, who must it be? You can picture perhaps even tears streaming down some of their faces to express their grief 
at what Jesus was predicting. And what about Judas? What were his eyes doing? Did he look down in shame? Did he nervously glance around to see if he was suspected? Did he put on a good show and act like the rest of them? We can't know for sure, but my bet would be on the last one. What's striking about Mark's account of this scene is that Jesus doesn't name Judas. We don't hear in Mark's gospel that the traitor is Judas until the Garden of Gethsemane. Why do you suppose that is? Perhaps Jesus wanted each of the twelve to examine himself and see if he had the capability to betray innocent blood, to commit treason against his Lord. Likewise, Jesus wants each of us to examine our own loyalty to him. Thus, this Lenten season is a time of examination and repentance. Johann Sebastian Bach wrote an amazing piece of music known as the St. Matthew Passion. Bach takes this faithful, fateful scene at the Last Supper and sets it to sublime music. When it gets to the section in which Jesus announces that the betrayer is at the table, part of the chorus sings the words of each of the disciples, asking if he is the traitor. The text is in German and goes like this. Herr ben ix, and this is a straight translation out of Luther's German Bible. In English, Lord, is it I? This, according to Bach's composition, is quickly followed by a confession to Jesus in the form of a chorale sung by the whole chorus. And it begins, ich bin's, it is I. Here is the English translation of the chorale verse addressed and confessed to Jesus. It is I, I should atone, bound hand and foot in hell, the scourges and the bonds and what you endured, my soul has earned. It is I. Bach gets the Judas story right, highlighting that all of us have participated in the sin of Judas. We all have committed treason, turning against our Lord, and that's exactly what our sin is, betrayal of our King of grace. And if we were to die in our sin, it certainly, according to Jesus, would have been better for us not to have been born. For this, for you, Jesus has come. Do you see? Do you behold the work of the Savior for a sinner like Judas? For you? That's why it's such good news when Jesus says in the upper room, the Son of Man goes as it is written of him. And then later in the garden, he says, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. You see, Jesus came specifically for this purpose to be betrayed and to pour out his holy precious blood and suffer an innocent death to atone for your sin, for Judas's sin, for my sin, for the sin of the whole world. Thus Mark clearly and vehemently proclaims, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So who does the serving? Who does the delivering? 
Judas and all sinners along with him believe the answer to that question to be me, me, myself, and I. So open your eyes, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, and see what love your heavenly Father has for you. See your worth, your value, your very life. The Father wanted to punish His Son for your sake. The Father wanted to hand over His only Son to this death. And this sin went willingly out of love for you and for all sinners. Now the verb we translate as betray in this text can also have the simple meaning to hand over or to deliver. In Romans chapter 4, Paul reminds us to, quote, Believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. And so who did the handing over? Judas, you might say at first glance, but really, above all, God the Father did. For he loved the world in this way. He gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Thus Jesus is betrayed, handed over, delivered, not just by Judas, but by his heavenly Father. And this must be done, that Christ may deliver you from your own premeditated Judas acts of sin and self-indulgence. And oh, how the grace he earns is truly delivered to you. Do you see? In the font? At the rail? In the absolution? Judas, however, closes his eyes to Jesus. Judas knows his sin, but will not repent of it. Jesus knows Judas's sin, and yet still comes to set him free. But Judas will not repent. Will you repent of your sin and cling to the betrayal, the death, and the resurrection of your Savior who was delivered for you? Paul, in a remarkable place in his writings in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uses the same word for betray twice, writing, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was delivered, took bread. Thus, God the Father handed Jesus over to death in our place. The apostles handed down to us the words of institution for the Lord's Supper. And in that meal, Jesus hands his body and blood over to us for forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. Jesus knows your betrayal. Seize your sin, and he forgives you. Remember this every Sunday as you see and hear those precious words. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And then smile and sing with joy. Sing this, Lord, now you let your servant go in peace My own eyes have seen your salvation.
in the name of Jesus.